Many, many years ago, I was, most of you know, I, I served as a pastor in um, the Quad Cities for many years. And I, I remember um, one day I was sitting in my office there uh, at Christ Church in, um, in Davenport. And a young man who had grown up in our church come in, came into my office. Now, um, that wasn't unusual. He and I had the kind of relationship that he would stop by on a regular basis. And even now he was going to college there in the Quad Cities. He was going to St. Ambrose University. I don't know if, if y'all have ever heard of that school. It's a great school. Um, anyway, he stopped by my office and I could tell immediately by the look on his face that there was something wrong. And it didn't take long for me, for him to explain to me what it was. He, uh, he said, Craig, I had this friend that um, he had been going through some difficulties and during finals week, he decided it was too much for him and he took his own life. Now, my, I could tell by the look on his face that that fact was almost too much for him to bear. That's, that's a hard thing to bear no matter how old you are, but when you're a young person and you kind of see or perceive yourself as invincible, which he did up to that point, um, he was filled with despair and confusion because the next thing he said to me um, kind of spilled out to, him, to me. He said, Craig, I thought God promised that, um, that he would never give us more than we can handle. And because I had the kind of relationship with this kid where I could, you know, I knew I could be real with him and, and, and I could cut right to the chase... I, I, I said, my response to him was kind of harsh. Maybe some people would think that. But basically, I looked at him and I said, whatever gave you the idea that, or where did you ever get the idea that God would never give us more than we can handle? And he just looks at me like this. And he goes, and he goes well, it's in the Bible. And I said, it is not. He said, I said, show it to me. And he said, okay. So he pulls out his Bible and he turns to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And this is what he read to me. He said, um, no trial that you face is uncommon to man. But take heart for God is faithful, for he shall not allow us to be tested beyond that which we can handle. Now I'm listening to that and I'm going, what is going on here? I've read the Bible a lot. I'm kind of a Bible expert. And I didn't remember ever having read that before. And... So I, I was thinking, have I been wrong all this time? And my second thought was, is there something deeper going on here that is just below the surface that maybe he's missed and maybe I'm missing too? Now, I mentioned something. Remember, we talk all the time about how important context is, right? I mentioned something before about his context that was very important to this story. Where did he go? Where, does he, where, did, where, is, where was he going to college at? You remember? St. Ambrose University. Does anybody know what kind of university that is? It's a Catholic university. It's a very good university, by the way. And he got the Bible that he was reading to me from, from a religion class that he had to take at St. Ambrose. And the translation that he was using, I don't know if you've ever heard of this translation or not, it was called the New Jerusalem Bible. Have any of you ever read the New Jerusalem Bible? I don't see any hands. Courtney has. You know why Courtney has? Because Courtney grew up Catholic. 
The New Jerusalem Bible is used by the Catholic Church. Now, again, nothing wrong with that at all. But it, very specifically, it's very important to this, to this story that I'm telling you to understand that the New Jerusalem Bible is, um, is the Bible that the Catholics um, typically read from. Um, now, this is what I want you to hear. Words matter. Okay? And as we continue in this sermon series that we've been in the last few weeks on uh, myths that make us miserable, I'm going to prove to you how important words are as we, as we uh, kind of look at another myth that has caused some people to be quite miserable over the years. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up. Uh, whatever translation you have, I want you to open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And you can even, during while I'm preaching, you can even look at that, your own translation and see what it says. Because my guess is, what you're reading will be different than what you heard from me just a few moments ago. All right? But in the meantime, let me give you some context. Because there's nothing, there's never been a, a sermon that I've ever preached before that is where context in history is more important to, than what we are going to be reading in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 today, all right? So here's some, here's some context and history for what we're going to be looking at. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, right? And he writes it to the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth was rocking, all right? It was, it, there was lots of stuff going on, good and bad, by the way. Let me tell you the first stuff first. The, the stuff that was going on in the church of Corinth that was so good is that the Holy Spirit had fallen upon this church and it was manifesting in some of the most powerful and awesome ways uh, that most people could imagine. They couldn't imagine some of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that were happening in their church. Um, in, in fact, Paul, if you, if you read through 1 Corinthians, you'll find a list of um, a lot of the, the spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit that were manifesting in the church of Corinth. Awesome stuff. Many of them were supernatural. So there's like things like the gift of tongues, the gift of healings, the gift of discernment, discerning spirits. Lots of very cool stuff going on. But as I kind of alluded to a moment ago, there was also some not so cool stuff going on in the church of Corinth. And ironically, the not so cool stuff revolved around the cool stuff. Because what was happening was this. Um, their humanity was kind of infesting, if you will, what was happening in their church. They were starting to argue and bicker over the gifts of the Spirit. Some people were saying, well, that, what, what you're manifesting in your life, that's not a gift of the Spirit at all. Others were saying, well, um, my gift, the gift that is manifesting in my life is is more awesome than the gift that's manifesting in, in Tina's life. And they were going back and forth. They were saying, you know, and some of the gifts, you shouldn't be using some of those gifts in church because it just kind of gets in the way. So, in that, that's the context in the history. And it's very important for you to understand that context in history for you to understand 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So we've got this kind of Discord going on, right? That's when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I'm going to quote it again from the New Jerusalem Bible for you. And listen to it again. So he says, um, 
no trial has come upon you beyond that which is common to man. Basically what he's saying is, what you're going through, this, um, the fact that everybody has their own opinion and that everybody has their own sense of what is right, there's nothing new there. Everybody has their own opinions on everything. That's why we have Democrats and Republicans and conservatives and liberals and we got so many different kinds of church because everybody got so many different kinds of opinions. So he says, the, the trials that you guys are experiencing right now or this discord that you're experiencing right now happens all the time. But take heart. For God shall not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you can handle. In essence, what he was saying is, um, when you experience these, these, um, the, this discord because you all have different opinions, he said, um, if, you're, if you're living in the Spirit, basically what I'm saying is if you're living in the Spirit, it's, it's possible to, to live together and to be in relationship together and have different opinions and not have to fight about it. You don't have to argue. I mean, the temptation is to argue about it, right? Because we think what we believe is right and you wouldn't believe it if you didn't think it was right. But our temptation is to try to convince people that we're right and they're wrong and then when in the midst of that, what happens? We find ourselves button heads, right? So he says, he says, the trials that you're experiencing, this discord that you're experiencing right now, happens all the time. But take heart, for God is faithful, and he shall not allow you to, if you're trusting in him, he will not allow you to be tempted or, or, or to give in to that, that desire, that humanness that we all have to want to um, fight for for ourselves, for what we believe. We can be graceful with one another. Makes totally different spin on it when you hear the context and the history, doesn't it? And this, remember earlier when I said that words matter? Because the translators of the New Jerusalem Bible used the words trials and tested in this verse, some people will come along and they'll read a verse and they'll lift it out of its context and they'll presume that it means something that it didn't. Because if you just lift that verse out of its context, it sounds like God is saying through the Apostle Paul that you will not have to go through tests beyond that which you can handle, trials beyond that which you can handle. But that's not what he's saying at all. Now, um, did anybody open up your Bible and read 1 Corinthians 10, 13? Rick, what, did, did you find the words test or trial in 10, 13? What was the word that you, is in your verse? In your, what translation are you using? NIV. NIV. What word is you used in NIV? Temptation. Okay, so if, my guess is, because I went and checked this. I, every translation I could find other than the New uh, Jerusalem Bible used the words temptation. So this is how it would read. 10, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you beyond that which is common to man. But take heart for God is faithful and he shall not allow you to be tempted. He will not allow you to be tempted to get to the point where you want to argue with people. If, you're, if you got your eyes fixed on him rather than on yourself. You see what I'm saying? Now, some of you are sitting back and saying, those darn Catholics, they got it wrong. No, they didn't. 
Because if you, if you go back to the original language, and Paul's letter was written in Greek, and I'm not going to get into details there because I don't know it, but, but the original word that, that was translated in the Catholic Bible as test and trial can also be translated temptation or tempted. And it depends on context. So for me, the reason why when my friend came in and read that to me, I didn't, the reason why I didn't recognize it because they used a different word in that verse than I had remember reading before. And tempted mean, meant something completely different to me than tested. See? Now, I am sure I've confused you all completely, so let me bring this back around, okay? Because I'm going to make it more simple, I promise you. It is normal for a human being to want to believe that, that God won't give us more than we can handle. Why wouldn't you want to believe that? The problem is reality proves that that's not true. All of us at one point or another have felt like we've had stuff going on in our lives that was more than we could handle. Somebody say amen to that. That's just simply the truth. So we know that that, that thought or that myth that God won't give us more than we can handle is just that. It's a myth if you think it through. It's a myth. Because we live in a fallen and broken, sinful world, every day you will experience things that are more than you can handle. And there will be days or seasons in your life when it is way more than you can handle. And for some people, like my friend's friend, they give up. Here's the good news, though. Even though the, the philosophy that God will not allow you to experience more than you can handle is not the truth, the good news is that it is the truth. You remember the verse that we, that we talked about last week? Philippians 4.13. Does anybody remember what Philippians 4.13 says? For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in reality... God won't give you more than you can handle if you choose to handle it with Jesus. You choose to deal with it by yourself, there's a good chance every day you will feel overwhelmed. There's a good chance that every day, in every circumstance, you'll feel like this is more than I can deal with. But if you choose to walk through life arm in arm with Jesus, living for Jesus, living through the power of Jesus, there is nothing that you can't handle with him. That is some good news, brothers and sisters. Living it may not be easy, but that is good news. Cling to it. Now here's my suspicion. Whether it's people in the cars or people sitting in the chairs or somebody that's watching on Facebook Live right now, my suspicion is that because I know how the Holy Spirit works, there's somebody who is hearing this message today that feels overwhelmed. That feels like they are dealing with more than they can handle right now. If that's you, listen to what God's Word is promising you. 
Don't listen to the myth that says, well, God's not going to give you anything more than you can handle. Because that's a myth. You get to choose whatever you, you life is filled with choices and, and God's not going to stop you from making choices that are stupid. And let's face it, most of the time, the stuff that we feel overwhelmed by or caused by stupid choices. The good news is, though, the myth is that we've got to do it ourselves. The truth is we were never meant to do it ourselves. It, when he created humanity, it was God's desire to, to walk through life with us. That, that, we, that we might find our strength in him, not in ourselves, but in him. That is the good news. Now, here's some even better news. If you are feeling overwhelmed today, at this very moment, you can be released of it. And how do you do that? Just by doing this. Saying, Jesus, I have been trying as hard as I can for longer than I wish to remember to do this thing called life myself. And I, it's overwhelming. And I'm making the choice to give it to you. If there's anybody here today that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask the band to come up right now. And they're going to pre pre prepare for our final song. If there's, nobody, if there's somebody here today that has never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, today is the day to give it up. Maybe you've, you've been a Christian your whole life, but you've been clinging to your stuff your whole life too. Today is the day to give it up. And I'm offering to you, you don't need to pray that with me but I would be privileged if, if you wanted to pray with me to accept Christ as your Savior or to give your burdens to Him, both. It'd be my privilege to get to pray that, that prayer with you today. So as we sing that last song, I'm going to be standing right over here by the tree. And if there's anybody that wants to pray for those things or anything for that matter, if you just want to pray with your pastor, it'd be my privilege to, to get to do that with you today. If you're ready.